Hello, everybody, and thanks again for tuning in to my podcast this morning. I am going to be talking today about friendships and how to grow an encouraging community. And I thought about making this podcast into different segments because I feel like it will be a lot of information, but I think it all correlates with one another and um, kind of webs out and just makes sense. So I wanted to make a little bit longer podcast today so you can listen to it in two parts if that works for you. Um, When I think of friendships, I think of people who have been part of my life for a long time, and also people who maybe were just a friend of mine for a season. And I, I still find encouragement in that, even if we didn't maintain our friendship up until, you know, today. Because each friend has a specific purpose and gifting and is unique and... As you are probably aware, people change and so do we. And it's okay to really appreciate the time you had as friends and also be able to move on and be content with how things turned out. There is a difference, though, between a gradual fading of friendship that's just natural because maybe one friend moves away. Um, I had that happen to me a couple times in elementary and middle school, and I was like, oh, no, (laughs) because distance is a lot harder, um, especially when you're kids, right? Um, But I want to talk about friendships because we focus a lot on family. We focus a lot on our, um, you know, dating and marriage relationships. We focus a lot on work and personal goals. But I think one of those personal goals, it would be healthy to have um, friends and time for community, not just because we get life breathed into us, but because it's a way to give back and people are, you know, God's creation. People are the only, you know, ones with a soul that will go into eternity. People are worth investing in. You can never, you know, I've never regretted being kind to someone or investing in someone or giving my time to someone. Now, today I'm going to start out my podcast by talking about self-awareness because in order to have a good friend, you need to also be a good friend. And now what do I mean by that? Um, It means that if you're simply going into a relationship with a friend hoping to just receive and take and not have to give back, that wouldn't really be a friendship that would, um, be taking advantage of someone. But if you are open and wholehearted when you go into seeking friendships and sometimes you just stumble upon someone who ends up being your friend, but maybe you're being more intentional than that. And there's someone at work that you want to, Uh, hang out with more on your personal time or someone you met at Bible study that you'd really like to ask to hang out over coffee. Or maybe you're at school because that's how I met a lot of friends was via school and my studies. And you just say, hey, you want to go to dinner? You want to get to know each other better? 
it's kind of hard because it's like, okay, do you just, do you want to hang out? Do you want to get together? Do you want to join us at this party? Um, Because if you just kind of walked up to somebody and said, hey, do you want to be friends? I, depending on the person, that might be a little creepy. (laughs) Um, But it is good to seek people out and invest in relationships that are longer term. It's great to invest in a one-time relationship with like a stranger or helping someone with the door or offering encouragement to someone who's visiting your church. But um, I think we're all aware that it's a really symbolic thing of God's love when we have a really good, consistent friend in our lives who's encouraging, loving, giving, and that we too feel like we can give back to because it's very real in the relationship that no one is perfect and you're both very aware of that and accepting of that truth. So um, talking about self-awareness, I um, I think it helps to know what it is that you're looking for in a friendship. Um, it also helps to know what kind of quirks you could or could not handle with someone. Um, I know that sounds a little judgmental, but there are certain things that you might not be able to accept as well. And it might be silly. It might be based on your values. It might be, and and I'm talking about close friends here because I believe that we can make a lot of casual friends and acquaintances, but as far as really close knit friends that develop our community and that we go to in the good times and the bad times and that come to us when they need prayer requests or, you know, or when they have prayers or, need encouragement or advice, like those friends, the friends that you really build a bond and trusting relationship with, um, should probably share some similar values. If not, um, it doesn't have to be the same lifestyle, obviously, because that wouldn't be any fun if you just friended people who were just like you. Ideally, you want to have a range of friends with a range of giftings that you can complement one another in your community. But It is good to know your strengths. It is good to know your weaknesses. It is good to know what things they might need to offer you grace on. And even be honest about that later on in the relationship when you've developed that trust and that bond. And you also have to be self-aware with your emotions. You know, am I getting attached to this person too quickly? Do I know this person well enough? And uh, a lot of these principles will apply to a romantic partner, obviously, Platonic relationships are much different, but um, the principles of can we get along? Um, Do I see myself getting along with this person? Um, Do I see myself wanting to spend time with this person? Do they have good communication skills and all of the above? And it's good practice even for a um, a more intense like relationship, like a romantic one. But anyway, it will matter in the long run that you were aware of what you wanted and what you wanted out of the relationship and that you went into it also being ready to be a good friend and not just a taker, but also a giver. Um, Along with self-awareness is boundary setting. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it would be something to look into. There is a classic book by Henry Townsend and and Cloud, I believe it's two authors writing that book, who wrote a classic book on boundaries and what that is and what that looks like for everybody. And it basically outlines, you know, 
taking care of yourself and your energy and not coercing or manipulating anybody to do something that you want, but just having a standard on your time and your life and your efforts and your schedule and knowing how and when to say no respectfully and being able to protect yourself from people who might not be very kind or self-aware and might ask and ask and ask of you um, in any setting and how to protect yourself so that you aren't drained all the time. And there's lots of books on boundaries and there's really great books on boundaries with friends or family members or toxic relationships. There's all kinds of great stuff um, that you can find. I tend to err on the side of reading Christian books on boundaries. So I think that's a good one, that classic book I was talking about. Um, when it comes to boundaries, uh, to give you an example, uh, it might be, I want to have friends, but I only have a couple hours per week to spend time with friends. And so if you encounter someone who seems, uh, for lack of a better word, like needy or clingy or something, um, you could be very honest with them and know yourself and say, you know, I care about you and it's really great to have you in my life, but because of other priorities that I have, I can only spend, you know, two hours a week with you or, you know, this will be a good way to figure out if people want to be your friend, even in your nose, because if someone is upset or offended by you saying, I'm sorry, I can't, or I'm sorry, I can't make it to that, or I'm sorry that I can't help you with this this time, then you're kind of probably going to get the idea and the feeling, and rightly so, that someone might not be your friend, but they just want what you can do for them. And so obviously you've got to see the pattern there and not just judge right away, but, but it's good to observe people's patterns when you set boundaries with them. Another boundary you might have is and this is maybe more extreme, but it, it could happen where you have a friend who's very impunctual all the time for your Bible study. And, you know, they're not like two, five minutes late, but like 20 minutes late every single week or whatever. And you could say, I care about you, but when you're late, it hurts my feelings and doesn't respect my time. So in the future, if you're late, I'll just leave and we can reschedule it for a time that you can be punctual or, you know, you can call me when you're there and I'll decide if I want to come or, you know, there's ways to navigate things and, you know, boundaries. And I know this from firsthand experience. It's not fun to have a boundary set on you if you don't understand what boundaries are. So I would encourage you to, you know, not just set a boundary with someone and like not explain it to them necessarily, unless you've had this conversation many times, but like, you know, I have priorities in life and you're one of them, but I have to protect myself by having this slot and this slot and this slot in my life. And, and sometimes I feel like you want to cross that line with me. And so, um, as respectfully as I can, I just want to let you know that I only have this much time right now or, you know, you've got to be able to talk it through with people and we'll get to that later. Good communication skills. Um, the other point I wanted to make as far as boundaries is that 
let's say both you and your friend have really good boundaries and you're both pretty self-aware and that's really great to have that in your relationship as a foundation. Um, but their boundaries might not be your boundaries and your boundaries likewise might not be their boundaries. So maybe you have a boundary on time and they have a boundary on what kind of people they hang out with, or maybe they have a boundary on how much work they're going to want to do every week. And you have a boundary on how much sleep you need, even though they're willing to go out at all hours. It, it just might differ for people because obviously there's no cookie cutter boundary list. Everybody has to kind of figure out what that is for them, which is why self-awareness is so important. And it also lets people know that you wish to be respected and that you will uphold being respected because, you know, obviously and basically if another person doesn't respect who you are and what your values are, I mean, can you really be friends? Probably not. So that's a very basic concept is respect. Um, another boundary you might have, and this will help you figure out who to develop relationships with, is not sharing too much information right away. And maybe like I would call it soul pouring. Don't pour your soul out to someone who hasn't earned that trust in your life yet. Plus, it's probably going to freak them out if you've only gone on one um, hangout before and all of a sudden you're telling them about this, this, and this, and the other thing. It's not to say that you don't need to release that pressure, that pain that you might be feeling, but maybe just not with that person or not in that way. I personally like to journal a lot and write a lot and blog and even podcast as I'm doing now to get a lot of my thoughts out and develop conversations that are healthy about this stuff because not everybody's on the same page as you are in life. And we're all kind of learning and at different rates and different speeds and different chapters of life. And so that's why communication as we'll talk about later is so important. Like this is where I'm at right now. And also knowing who to share that with and when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate. <clears throat> and also, um, another boundary could be if you reach out constantly to someone and they don't seem to ever make time for you or reach back out to you. And this isn't like a one-time thing, but like a pattern and a pattern and a pattern, you can probably figure out that this might be more of a casual acquaintance or friendship and not very much a reciprocal two-way street trust bond kind of relationship. So a lot of friendship has to do with discernment because some people, you know, I guess are naive or unaware of stuff and they will pour their heart out and they will, you know, be very open. And I was like this and, you know, on the receiving end, there are people who might not care or might not know that you want them to listen or might not consider you their friend, but you might consider them their, your friend. And so friendships can get kind of complicated, but I wish I could just simplify it into saying, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Be kind. Know that you're not going to make friends with every single person. Know that some people just might not like you, and it's not always because of something that you did. Some people are just picky or bitter or you know, maybe their boundary is that they have the people in their life that they want to invest in. And so maybe you're not one of those people and that's okay. And you don't have to be offended by that. But 
maybe they've got a little more figured out and they've got their core group of friends already in. And if there's no room for you, that's okay. You can move on and find new people. Um, and it sounds a little Debbie Downer right now, but I promise it'll get better. We're just kind of weeding out who to be friends with, who not to be friends with, how to know when it's going to be a good trusting relationship and not just you giving and not ever getting anything back because friendship is supposed to be a two-way street, right? Um, at times one person will falter, one person will fail. Um, but there's no need to, to give up on a friend just because they're imperfect because um, a little secret here, no matter who you become friends with, um, everyone will have their own set of flaws, their own set of weaknesses, including yourself. And so you've just got to figure out whose quirks and flaws you are willing to accept and still invest in and realize that they're probably offering you the same amount of grace, if not more. <laughs> it's, it's humbling and good and realistic to be aware of your own weaknesses too. So the next um, segment I want to move on to is good communication skills and relationships, especially um, your close friendships and relationships. Um, good communication requires being intentional. It requires being consistent. It requires knowing how and when to approach conflict um, because there will be conflict in any long-term relationship. And um, it might be small or big things. And sometimes friendships end because of a conflict. And that is um, unfortunate because, especially as a Christian, it's not good to harbor resentment or anger or unforgiveness for any long period of time. It's actually really healthy to um, be able to forgive and move on. That doesn't always mean accepting the person back into your life, depending on the conflict, but it does mean still having forgiven them, <clears throat> which is something that you can control for yourself and they can't make you do and you can't make them do, but it's a good choice personally to forgive and it honors God too. So, I guess when I was thinking about good communication skills, I was thinking about conflict the most because it's, I think it's fairly easy for most people to reach out and talk about their day and how life's going and some things they've been learning along the way and how their kids are doing and how their spouse is doing and, you know, what fun activities they've done lately. <clears throat> but when it comes to conflict, that can be harder to approach. Um, nobody enjoys going up to people and saying, hey, you hurt my feelings when you said or did this, or I really didn't appreciate when you showed up late, or hearing that from them, and maybe it's something bigger than that. Hopefully not, but it happens. And um, if someone really, truly loves and cares about you, um, I think that they will come around and listen to what you have to say. You do have to expect, depending on the range of the conflict, to let people have their space. That's a respectful thing to do and kind of leave the ball in their court sometimes. Like maybe you really did have a heated conversation or argument with your friend about someone or something and they need time. And you probably do need time as well because it's not good to speak out of emotion because you might say 
more things that you regret. But um, it's really good to, in a conflict, not talk and discuss things over text or email. It's almost better if you could meet in person, if not at least talk on the phone about it. There's very little emotion in text. I know that some people love emojis and so do I, but they're not always going to reveal your tone and you won't have eye contact and you might not know if they're angry or not when they're texting or if the exclamation points are like excited or angry exclamation points. So I really recommend when there's a conflict to address it head on. And a lot of times we'll wait around until that person comes to us, but they might never come to us and be honest about that, unfortunately, or maybe they're learning to do that and it's still really scary. And so if you have that strength to really be like a leader in conflict resolution to, to go up to that person or call that person and say, we need to talk about something and, you know, in private talking about it. It's not appropriate to talk about it in front of people. Say you're out with a group of friends at dinner. It wouldn't be appropriate to bring it up in front of the whole table. That would be gossipy and problematic and people would start picking sides. Um, so I've always found that it's better to resolve things in person or on the phone, talking on the phone, and making it a private matter. There are a select few times that you will have to involve other people, but um, most of the time people can resolve things if they address it sooner than later with clarity and kindness and not necessarily right away. Like I said, take some time to work through what it is that you want to say and to say it well. I think, uh, I forget exactly, but I think it's like the first 30 seconds of the conversation will set the tone for the rest of the conversation. So you really want to be um, intentional and careful with how you word and phrase things and what kind of tone you're using because tone is much more strong than even the words that you're saying. You know, you can say, uh, let's see if I can give you an example here. It really hurt and it and upset me when you arrived late to our coffee date versus, you know, it really hurt me when you showed up late to our coffee date the other day. Word choice matters, but mostly tone matters, doesn't it? Um, so good communication skills. I guess the other thing about communication I could add is to be good at communicating as far as how you're feeling or how you're doing. Sometimes with our friends, we struggle with comparison or, um, or just feeling like maybe they're better than us or which isn't true, but you know, especially women, we can have insecurities of like, well, my friend just did this really cool thing or my friend just got married or my friend just had a baby and, and learning how to rejoice with them in that and not view it as competition or jealousy, um, surrendering those thoughts and those things to, to God and saying, you know, I love my friend. I don't want to feel that way towards her and being honest about that. Or even if you're having a bad day, when a friend says, how are you doing? Don't say, I'm good. It, unless this is, you know, maybe not the proper friend to talk to about it, but but when someone asks you how you're doing, especially a trusted friend, be honest. Say, you know, I'm not having a great day today. And if they're willing to, they'll pursue that conversation with you further. 
Um, good communication skills, again, require self-awareness and um, knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are and developing those skills because it can be a skill that can be developed. You don't have to be natural at it per se. Uh, the next segment I'll move on to is, again, being open and honest with vulnerabilities. When you have developed uh, trusted relationships with friends, it's good to not always view life as the cup is half empty, but but everyone is going to have an off day or a bad day or a bad week, you know, or a bad year. And, and depending on the strength of your relationships, you know, your friends will encourage you and pray with you and for you. And, and if you're not honest about what's going on in life, there's no way that they can have the opportunity to love you that way. So it's really important to make the relationship um, level ground, I will say. I don't mean like tallying up points of who's being better and who's doing nicer deeds and being a better friend. I mean more like if they share something vulnerable, maybe it's appropriate for you to relate. Or depending on the situation, it's appropriate for you to just listen. A question I want to be asking more in my relationships is, do you want advice or do you want me to just listen? Because it's so easy for me to feel like I have the answer and just want to give advice. But some people really just want you to listen. So so when they're sharing something difficult or something vulnerable that they're going through, be sure to ask those questions of like, do you just want me to listen or do you just want my company or how can I be an encouragement to you today? Um, another section here is not expecting too much of your friend, accepting their weaknesses, accepting your weaknesses, talking through what those are. Um, it's really important to encourage our friends and their giftings, but it's also really important to be aware of the things that might irritate us a little bit or clash with us a little bit. Um, maybe both you and your friend are headstrong and really determined and you like to get things done. And so you clash sometimes with who should host or who should lead the project or, or initiate this or the other thing. Um, maybe you have a friend who's a people pleaser like you. And so you're constantly in this cycle of, well, what do you want to do this weekend? And they say something and that they think you would want to hear. And you say something you think they would want to hear. And you end up doing things that neither of you really enjoy because you think the other person would be pleased by it. There's just a lot of things that we've got to learn about ourselves and that we need grace in those seasons to learn about ourselves because no one ever came out of the womb like, I know every single flaw that I have and all the things that I'm going to struggle with. People don't know that until they're in relationship with one another, you know. When it's just you, I mean, most people are like, oh yeah, I'm pretty great. There's nothing wrong. I'm usually right in these situations. But but when you're humble and when you're in relationship with people, it's like looking in a mirror and they're going to tell you, the ways that you're not perfect at all. <laughs> and it's very, it's very humbling and it makes us more Christ-like, I think. So that's another reason friendship is so important in life is it makes us more Christ-like. It holds us accountable. It gives us the chances to extend grace and to receive grace back. I want to talk briefly about not making people your project. When we started this conversation, we talked about self-awareness and what are your goals in friendship? 
if your goal, and maybe this is a subtle thing and, and it takes a while for you to think about it and dig this out, but if your goal is to fix people or to make people your project, that's not really being vulnerable and that's not really being an equal player in the friendship. You've got to never make someone feel like they're a problem or like you're better than them, or you've got life more put together or that you're holier than thou. It's really important to make, to, you know, let people feel like you too need help because it's the truth. You too need help. Um, I'm not saying you have to make people feel better by like, this is going wrong and this is going wrong because there's a time and a place to express things that are hard and a time and a place to keep it to yourself or work through it in a different way or just not pile it all on at once, one thing at a time, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's really important to, to be, you know, giving and taking, not just, you know, I'm going to fix you. And yeah, it's just not a good situation that usually ends up in resentment. Um, it's really important to talk things through when you do get offended giving people the opportunity to apologize. Speaking of which, it is very important in any relationship to clearly say, I am sorry for whatever it was. Uh, A lot of relationships sweep things under the rug or ice people out or ignore them for a while and see if things get better. But um, without a proper conversation about what offended you or hurt your feelings, you know, it sounds like a lot of maintenance, and it is. Relationships take effort. Um, You've got to choose your battles wisely, I like to say. You know, is this worth fighting about? Is this worth getting offended about? Don't get offended at every little thing that happens. You know, you're going to live life in a very negative way if you're constantly offended and offended and offended. But there are times that it is correct to apply a boundary There are times that you really do have your feelings get hurt and you have to talk about it. So pick your battles wisely. Know when it's proper to talk about something and when you've just got to forgive it and let it go. Um, I read in a book once about this one week rule, knowing um, what hurt you, letting it sit for a little bit so that you can ease up on it and not rant at your friend. But in about a week, Give it a week's time. Make sure you've talked about it within the week. Don't let something seethe and sit and erupt later on. Uh, I think couples get into this problem a lot where they get into a fight about one thing and they bring up the past. Um, They, what is it? They get historical. They don't get hysterical. They get historical. And bring up all the dirt from the past. Well, in high school, remember you did this to me and in college you were like this. And it's just not going to be helpful. When you have conflict resolution, you have to focus on the one thing at hand. And that's why it's important to bring things up as they happen within the week and not just let it sit for a month. Because the next argument you have, you might be like bringing stuff up that they've never even heard about. And that'll just add more fuel to the fire. So there's a lot of wisdom and grace that goes into relationships. There really is. And so some people might not want to be in friendships because they're like, that's too much maintenance. But we'll talk in a later podcast the importance of having community. 
um, and why it's worth it, you know. Um, right now we're just kind of going through the how-tos. <laughs> uh, one of the things I found so life-changing for my relationships and my friendships is having Christ at the center. Um, you might not understand the concept of grace or forgiveness as well. If you aren't saved by Christ, if you don't understand the forgiveness that and the redemption that we have in him, uh, Christ died on the cross to set us free and to relieve us from our sin that would have just been, you know, the end for us. But he gave us a way and gave us grace so that we could be set free and that we could spend eternity with him one day if we chose to make him our savior and and follow after him. So without a Christ-centered relationship, you can probably still have a sex like a successful relationship, but it's going to be a lot different than if you had Jesus at the center because when you have Jesus in your life, there's a new perspective on why am I doing these things? What's the reward? What's the point? Um, why is it important to invest in people? And we know that God loves everyone equally and that he cares for them to come into his kingdom and to know him and that each one is a beautiful creation of God. And so without those beliefs, um, things just might look different and people might seem more, you know, trying to think of the word, but like you can scrap people, kind of a mean term, but people aren't meant to be just like used and tossed aside. We really have to be careful with people and their feelings and who God made them to be and respect one another, even if we have differences or even different opinions on things. Um, Cause in the end, God will judge us for how we treated others. Um, so yeah, my friendships have been definitely a lot more successful when I let God be God and let my friends be my friends. And I don't have all those expectations on them. And, and I can offer more grace because God has given it to me firstly and unconditional love. Um, we talked about owning up to your mistakes. It's important to say, I'm sorry. It's important to apologize and have conversations, not just blaming them and pointing fingers at them, but saying, you know, I messed up and I'm sorry about that. Um, it's humbling. It shares your heart. It shows them that you're in it for the long haul and that you're imperfect and that you're willing to admit that. Um, Something also that's really helped in friendship is knowing myself, being self-aware and knowing my love language and also asking my friends what theirs is or even making them take a quiz so I can be more aware. So I know a couple of my friends and I share quality time as our love language. There's um, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and I forget what the other one is. Um... Well, there's five of them and you can look it up and I'm sure there's more like food and dessert. <laughs> um, but basically it's knowing how your friend feels more loved or the most loved because everybody needs all the love languages, but some people need one more than the other. And, and sometimes it's really great and important to exercise our giftings. So for me, that's 
making cards, being crafty, decorating stuff, designing stuff, photography. And so I like to bless my friends and other people with those gifts sometimes. And yet I have to pause and ask myself, is this something that makes them feel loved or is it just something that I'm good at, you know? So there's a proper time to apply your giftings and a proper time to sacrifice because maybe you don't like doing the dishes, but but your friend really needs help or she's swamped with her kids. And so doing the dishes for her, she's an acts of service person. She would feel really appreciated if you like came over and like helped her around the house. You know, you have to ask before you do that. But or maybe um, a friend who really needs words of affirmation the most would really appreciate a note in the mail just because saying these are the things that I really appreciate appreciate about you. You're such a great friend. You're such a great mom um, and offering some encouraging scripture. So it's really important to know how our friends feel the most loved and also sharing, you know, I really appreciate that you made all these goodies and decorated this party really well. But what would make me feel really loved is to just spend time one-on-one with you because I don't need all the extravagance. I just want to hang out with you, get to know you better. So it's good to be honest about what we're feeling and what would matter to us the most. If we don't share that, we're not aware of that. You can't expect your friend to just mind read. That's so important. You can't expect your friend to mind read. Um, There are times, like we talked about before, that our friends or ourselves will be in crisis. It could be a medical issue. It could be a spiritual issue. It could be a health issue, um, a mental health issue. It could be a number of things. Maybe they just lost their job. Maybe they're going through loss of some sort of a parent or, um, or something big or small. Uh, and it's important for one another, for us to be there for one another in those times. Because... Um, There are a lot of people who will be around you and be with you and spend time with you when things are going well, when you get tickets to the game, when you find an activity that you like to do together. But when push comes to shove, when things are going hard, you're like, where are my friends? And so it's really important to know the energy that you can give in that kind of situation, but to also expect it. No one is made to be a superhuman And so it's really important for us to be there for our friends. It's really important for us to start to get comfortable with knowing how to grieve with our friend. The Bible talks about rejoicing with one another, but it also talks about mourning with one another. And to just sometimes sit. Sometimes our friends just need us to sit with them when they're grieving or to just come over and brew a cup of tea for them or send them a nice note in the mail or... Text them a scripture that you're thinking of for them and praying over them or or going over their house and bringing them their favorite treat and praying with them. I think it's going to be good practice to pray more with our friends, um, surrendering things that we can't always fix as humans, but surrendering it to God and saying, God, I lift my friend up to you and these pains that she's going through and we just trust you, God, to follow through. 
and reminding yourself that you, as much as you might care for your friends, aren't superhuman either and that you need your loving God and you need to trust him ultimately. So I think the scariest part about our friends being in crisis is not knowing what the outcome will be or how that will change our friend or how long they will be in mourning. But I think God wants us to be in a place where we can give to people, not just in the easy and good times, but also in the difficult times. So that will be probably one of the hardest things you'll navigate with your friends is when they're at their most vulnerable, when they're at their most insecure, when they're at their most difficult, um, being a godly friend to them there. And, uh, um, even though I hope that you find friends and that you find an encouraging community who will be with you in the good and the bad times, I really, I also hope that you set those boundaries so that you know who you can trust, who can really be that prayer partner for you, that accountability friend, that friend who'll say, you know, you're gossiping too much. You need to, you need to cut that out of your life or um, I think you need to start going to church again or those friends that will judge us, but in a godly way that they will hold us accountable and they will be gentle and loving with us. If there's a friend in your life that you're considering if they're actually your friend or not, um, I would pray about it. I would journal about it. I would talk to them about it and any grievances you might have towards one another and see if you can solve it. Because when there's God in the center of a relationship, you can you can solve anything if the both of you are willing to work at it. Sometimes you've got to set a boundary and say, you know, this person isn't willing to work on this. They're not willing to understand. They're not willing to grow. And that might be the end of a friendship. But oftentimes, if we are both willing to humble ourselves and give things back to God, we can find forgiveness and healing in those relationships. And so I encourage you today to apply some of these truths some of these skills to your relationships and to really rethink how you can be a better friend and if you've been giving to. And we'll continue on another podcast, the importance of friendships and community and a couple more tips on, on developing those safe friendships. So thanks so much for listening and I hope you have a great day.